Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Here for you every Saturday morning, the Arizona homeowner. At Rosie on the House, our entire team's mission in life is to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And that's a big job. We do it with the radio program every Saturday morning, 8 to 11. We do it with our website, rosieonthehouse.com. For every minute we're not on air, you've got access to our information, rosieonthehouse.com. We do it through an email newsletter by subscription only. If you'd like to get weekly tips uh, on home repair items or get an indication of what topics we're going to be covering this coming Saturday, you can subscribe to our newsletter at rosieonthehouse.com. It will come to your email box every, we generally try and deliver that every Thursday morning. Um, And we do it. And we're going to do it more. Romy's been trying to get me to do this. Uh, and I haven't, I apologize, I haven't taken it serious enough. But our YouTube channel, with videos trying to describe things you can do in, about, and around your house. And we were, we've been getting more and more views on that. We've got one video that talks about what to do with a door that won't stay open or closed. It's constantly trying to seek its own happy place, regardless of where you want it to stay. How many times has that video been seen? Over 230,000. Okay. Here, just this week, Jen Gura at the office sent me this. She says, Rosie, here are the comments you're getting on YouTube about that door video. Quote, your video may have just did more for my marriage than 10 back rubs. And it can be done faster than one back rub. Yeah, and I mean, this is a quick one. Uh, quote, my wife told me, well, it only took you three years to fix that door <laughs> that took three minutes. <laughs> but here it is. Pretty sure... That video just saved my marriage. So that's what we're about at Rosie on the House is to tip you off to little tips and tasks in, about, and around your house that will improve the quality of life for you and your spouse. And the fact that we're enhancing your marriage, protecting your marriage, and guarding your marriage, well, that's just a badge of honor for us. It's what we're about in trying to become your best friend. But it is a big job. Jennifer had to kind of cover for me here recently, just this week. When you tell everybody you want to be their best friend, yeah, they, they call you like you're their best friend. And then we, we, we are all your best friend instead. So we just thought we are going to put you on the phones from now on. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, a gentleman heard you talking about the, what's the name of that product you like for the vinyl? 
you know, for renewing your sunscreens. It's uh, 303 Marine Aerospace Protected. And it's kind of hard to find, but it will make your sunscreens look brand new. Okay. Originally designed, we, we found it in caring for our boat upholstery. When we, when we add a boat. Well, you must have mentioned that on air. Sometimes I miss, you know, exact coverage because I'm talking to people on the phone. But this gentleman wanted to know, he wrote in yesterday, or actually called him wanting to know how to use that product on his boat. And he wanted you to call him last night because he wanted to work on it today. And I did call him. <laughs> I did call His name is Clark. He lives down in Tucson. I did call him and he texted back. I'm, I think he said, I'm camping with my granddaughter in the Rincons. But I'll listen to the show podcast. Just answer my question on the show. <laughs> so, well, I'm going to call him again because I will tell you one corner of the state I don't know very well are the Rincons. So if he's got a couple favorite camping places in the Rincons, I'm going to get that out of him before he gets the information out of me. Oh, so being Rosie's <laughs> best friend means you may have to reveal some information. Well, negotiation. But really, Clark. Uh, you're listening to this podcast after you get back to town. When it comes to treating your boat upholstery or any vinyl product with this product, I hate to admit it, but I read the instructions. <laughs> you did what? I Where read, do you find the instructions? They're on the back of the bottle. Really? <laughs> yes. And the product is 303 Marine Aerospace Protectant. It is the ultimate UV protection. It keeps vinyl, rubber, and plastic looking new longer. 16-ounce bottle is about 16 bucks, but it really goes a long way. And I actually have someone coming to my house to service the roll-down screens on our back patio. And I have 303'd one of those screens that is about 20 years old and i know when he comes to repair the little wind down worm gear he's going to ask me when when did you get new screens they look brand new so it's become my go-to product for restoring sunscreens at your house take the screen down wash it with soap and water and a sponge make let it dry completely Apply this to it, and then wipe it off with a microfiber cloth, and I'm prom. It, it, you will be amazed. the The screen will really look. Now it won't repair tears, but if it's just aged and sunburned, it will make it look brand new. Three hundred three Marine Aerospace Protected. Clark, I hope you enjoyed the camp with your granddaughter in the Rincons. When you get this information, just know I've got your phone number now, too, and I'll be calling for favorite camping spots in the Rincon Mountains. A little kind of story that I stumbled across that ties into last week and uh, this week. We were talking about churches and looking yes. for a different type of architecture yes. uh, for inspiration on you know things to do around your home that beat the, you know, the, the traditional look if you're looking for something to distinguish your home set itself apart, maybe change something on your interior, uh, that that can be a great place. And then we were talking uh, 
our topic this week was sustainability, and a big part of that is masonry. And I pulled this, uh, and all the churches we featured were here locally in Arizona that people could go see. But I had to pull this one out. It's in Colombia, and it's the Las Lajas Shrine, and it is 330 feet, and it comes out of a gorge. Uh, The bridge to get to it goes over a running river, and it's... Uh, you know, they had to build the masonry base to get it high enough to where the bridge comes off. And then the Gothic-style architecture of the the church sits on top of that. And if you want to see a fantastic building, go go Google Las Lajas. It's L-A-S space L-A-J-A-S shrine out of Columbia. This article is out of the Epoch Times. And I think you have to be... Uh, subscriber to access their online stuff, but I'm sure there's plenty of other pictures you can you can find. But that was one we need to get added to that resource page because I mean that 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 beats a lot of the stuff picture wise that you brought back from uh, y'all's European tour a couple years ago, Prague and Munich, and when you see a picture like that, it it is and you and you have any appreciation for what it took to build that structure it's literally jaw dropping oh. to just imagine what it took to get that building built like in, that in a ravine in that location in 19 uh 16 to 1949 that's when it was built yeah yeah from 1916 to 1949 okay osha would never let you get something like this done today <laughs> It'd be tough, that's for sure. Yeah, it, I, I don't know how, where they were dangling their their workers from to get that, to get that thing built. Uh, I'm sure it was quite dramatic. One of the other ways that we always try and reach out and touch you, Arizona homeowners, is with our website. You are allowed to reach out to us and ask us questions, as well as call the office during the week. We're always there to answer your calls, and we take a look at what one question last week was asked more often than any other. And we'll address that as soon as we get back. But it is a very, very time-sensitive question that we wanted to get covered on the air today. And that question is, if I'm closing my desert house for the summer, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? What do I need to not do? So we're going to cover that after this short station break, as well as a checklist of things you might, if your neighbor will be here all summer, a checklist of things you might ask your neighbor to do while you are away for the summer. All of that information for our snowbirds when we get back. you are leaving your home for the summer or plan to be gone for an extended period of time, what should you do before locking up and leaving out? We've got a couple articles on that one, basic things you can do as a homeowner, and then Rosie's got one, things to have a neighbor or a personal friend check on. And it's funny reading these, a lot of them um, with 
as smart homes develop and we've got more features in our home and Nest door cameras and everything, a lot of these may you know be tactics that most people don't need to practice anymore. That's but true. Very for true. a lot of old school of us, uh, leave the air conditioner on. Turn it up, you know, around 90, but you don't want the inside of your house to cook while you're gone. And keeping your home at 90 degrees is not an expensive feature when that's the only electrical using appliance. Well, depending uh, on your fridge and freezer and what you have there, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, when that's the only thing running and you're keeping it up at 90 depending on the size of your home, I mean, that shouldn't be. Uh, if it's a reasonably well-built home, that should be very inexpensive and worth it for the value of everything you've got in the house, the artwork, the furniture. Well, and, not, and especially if it's a wood frame home, not letting the inside heat up that much. Um, It'll dry out the wood furniture. It'll dry out the wood frames on your windows. So keep it at 90. And in every room of your house, fill up a five-gallon bucket of water and leave it there. When we're in our homes, when we're living in them, there's a lot of moisture that's added, either from its from our bodies, from uh, you know natural perspiration and uh, laundry and cooking and showers. And water running adds that humidity to the air. So you want to keep that consistent just place five-gallon buckets through each room of your home to let it naturally evaporate in the home and keep that uh, and air moisture level from not going to zero. And the way an air conditioner works is it takes humidity out of the air. So an uh, empty house set on 90 can get extremely, if it's a well-built home that doesn't have a lot of air leakage from the outside, can get extremely dry inside. So, a couple five-gallon buckets. You'll be amazed when you get back how little water, if any, is left in those barrels. It literally gets sucked right out of it. So, there. Keep your air conditioner on. What else you got? Well, again, the five-gallon buckets, and that could be one of the things you have your neighbor check when they come over re, uh, regularly, uh, weekly or monthly or whatever, to, to fill those up. Most of us don't have... Uh, newspaper subscriptions anymore <laughs> you know so you don't have to worry about getting that redirected but that is a, a great value of a p.o box and having somebody check that regularly or having it all directed but you know the lighting scheme of your home is well a big before you go there for p.o boxes and deliveries and stuff like that that's one of the things you're going to want your neighbors to look for is people hanging door knocker promotions on your door or setting it in the weather stripping or putting it in the screen. Don't allow those things to accumulate on the front of your door or the front of your house. It shouts, I'm empty, I'm empty. So that is one thing you will want your neighbor to walk occasionally and make sure coupons for the neighbor pizza shop or the neighbor dry cleaning shop aren't just left hanging on your door. As a matter of fact, the police departments have become pretty united in asking people to quit marketing that way. So we don't see those quite as often as we used to. But P.O. box, mail, mailbox, newspapers, and door-hanging clippers all need to be picked up regularly. 
and you were getting ready to go to lighting. You're making sure that you know you're you're changing your lighting scheme again. One of those things that right now for a lot of our homes, the neighbor would have to come over and manually right. do, but That's we right. can with smart home and light bulbs and uh, internet of things. Those are schemes we can change on our phone with very little infrastructure change. Uh, you know that anything that looks consistent, it's like a scarecrow. You know, it eventually doesn't get very scary it, it, when it hasn't moved in three weeks. Right. <laughs> same same with your house. Anything static or standing uh, starts to become very obvious. Even changing the uh, window settings of, of your treatments, having them open and closed and, you know, windows that have drawn curtains for weeks at a time with nothing changing and no lighting just are very obvious signs that it's a it's a target um we're asked a lot about should i turn my water off and and this is a place depending on how your house is set up we generally don't recommend you turning your water off chances are you've got some amount of landscaping that's on an irrigation a system that will need water through the summer, for sure. You wouldn't want any of that to go dry for five months while you're gone. And one of the things we would ask our neighbor to do is once a month, just go through and turn every faucet on and off, hot and cold. You can turn your water heater off or turn it to vacation mode. Go around and flush every toilet and go ahead and turn a bathtub and shower on just to make sure, because what we were talking about with the air conditioning in an empty house, it's literally going to suck the humidity out of those P-traps. And very often you'll come back to your home and it will have that sewer smell. And it's because all the P-traps in your showers, baths, and vanities have dried up. And that methane is being sucked back into the house by the air conditioner turning on and off. So you keep those P-traps full. You keep the faucet water gaskets, the the rubber gaskets, uh, nimble by using them once a month while you're gone and leave the water turned on. And there is a way you can protect yourself from water leaks. And we'll talk about that when we get back. Simple little device, a part of this smart home management, managing away while you're gone. bringing it back covering the topic most asked at our office on our website by phone last week was how do I prepare my home for leaving for the summer we've been covering that one of the things we're asked very often is do I turn the water off I covered a little bit why not to and then real quick yeah Uh, yes yes, honey (laughs) Um, excuse me go ahead well every time you mention something we get calls what was that what was that yeah the, the glue i'm sorry change the subject on you but the glue <laughs> that you love so much the new find you the know super it, duper um this was a new find um 
again, I mentioned it earlier in the show. The, re- the reason I love doing this show is it kind of keeps me on the leading edge of what's out there. And apparently this adhesive has been out there quite a while. I even got several comments about, well, where have you been, under a rock? <laughs> yeah, I spend some time under a rock. Sustainability. But, yes, right, <laughs> right, right. Very sustainable under a rock. But it was a, it was a product I saw one of our trim carpenters use in putting up some crown molding. And uh, he put these two pieces of wood together and held it for less than three seconds. I mean, it was almost instantaneous. And then he said, Rosie, tear this apart. And I could not separate the joints. The glue set up in under three seconds. So the warning I'm using on this glue is when you put it together, make sure it is exactly in the position that you want it because you are not going to be able to put it together and slip it and slide it around and clamp it. As soon as the two surfaces touch each other, that's exactly where it's going to stay. And it's called cyanoacrylate adhesive, C-A adhesive. It comes in two parts. And, and I bought, when I saw it, I went to Rockler and they said, oh yeah, it's right over here. They had a whole section of it. it it's very thin uh, liquid that you put on one side. And then if you use that and put the two pieces of wood together, you have to hold it together for about 30 seconds. But if you spray the opposite side with the spray accelerator, and you put the two of them together, it's done. The job is done, and you cannot physically break it apart. So that particular adhesive is CA adhesive. It is so strong. It is so fast. I can only give you this one little piece of advice. Try it on a couple sample pieces. Because you you don't, right now as you're listening to me, you don't believe me. That can't be true. Nothing sets up that fast. Nothing's that strong. Well, Try it on a couple sample pieces before you try it on the finished piece you're trying to put together because it is that fast and it is that strong. And it's a clear glue? It is. Super clear? Yeah. Yeah, you put it on one side of the joint and I was just doing miters in the shop just to test it. And then I was giving it to Don and Don's a big man. I gave Don it, couldn't pull it? I gave it to Stan. I gave it to Bruce. No one, no one could break it, the bond apart. Ooh. Yeah. So it, it is that good. And it isn't that expensive for what it does. Okay, so Jennifer interrupted me. I can't remember what I was talking about. Closing up the house for the summer? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Between the two of us, we get it done. Okay. And I, I, we were talking about, in particular... Shutting the water off. And we advise people, don't shut the water off. Go ahead and have your neighbor uh, cycle through the faucets, keeping the P-traps full in the, in the toilets, in the showers, in the vanities. And at the water heater or at underneath any of the vanities or near the tub or the shower, Jennifer has found this product uh, called Simple Sense. And it's a little... It's about the size of a computer mouse, and it even kind of looks like a computer mouse. And you just set it in the area 
the water leak would first manifest itself, like right next to the water heater, underneath a kitchen sink, right next to the toilet. And you download an app to your phone, and it alerts you the minute that device senses water. Another good reason to let your neighbor have a key to your house. It's a pretty cool little contraption because even if it goes offline, you know, you're, you're relying on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And if it goes off, it even tells you, hey, you're offline. So, and, you know, houses have little glitches and stuff, but it also tells you when it comes back on. So you can always, at any time, and you can have multiple ones on your um, on your device and also multiple users. So if I want my neighbor to know, you know, or having somebody else watch out for you. Simple sense. And you can find that at Rosie on the House website in our e-store. It's actually the featured product of the month. It is a great little investment uh, for those of you that are preparing to leave your house for summer. Now, one of the other things we tell people, to, if you're asking your neighbor to kind of keep an eye on things, uh, the monsoons are going to hit while you're gone. So have them pay particular attention to the vegetation, the screens, uh, put up all your patio furniture, anchor it down good and tight somewheres out of harm's way, and make sure that stays secure. But have them do a property assessment after any one of these haboobs would blow through the property. So with all that said, that kind of covers the most asked question of the week. What else do you have in in your department over there? Well, uh it's a good idea to have a surge protector installed before you go. Your air conditioning will still be running, uh, and that will prevent any electrical spikes that come up through your power lines from you know, tearing down the lifespan of that. We encourage not just that for anyone leaving, but every home. I don't, I don't understand why it's not mandatory when you're yeah. building a home to have a, not have a surge protector on it. It's less than... Three, four hundred bucks, and it's a cheapest, one-time cheapest insurance you can buy for the rest of your home's life. One-time investment that will regulate any power surges from ever getting past your meter. Then uh, the refrigerator. Some uh, some people unplug. Some people leave it on. If you do leave it turned on, uh, fill up a bunch of jugs of water and put it in the refrigerator. It will work more efficiently. When it's full and that water cold inside will keep the inside cooler than just the empty, empty contents, space. empty space of itself. So if you have a few items that you keep in there, uh, you know, fill up the rest of the empty space with uh, whether it's jugs or, you know, fill up a bowl, whatever you've got available. And then on the water heater, I would unplug it. And ideally, you turn off the water supply to the water heater and drain it. You don't want to leave that water inside the water heater unheated. Uh, that will let a bacteria grow. So you want to make sure you drain it if you unplug your water heater, which uh, can be a very expensive repair if you're gone and that's leaking and it leaks for a couple days, a couple weeks, and nobody notices. That becomes a very expensive unnoticed problem. Uh, again, that simple sense would be a, a great solution if you do keep your water tank pressurized and on, have that leak detector sensor around it. All right. Now let's go to our weekly to-do, which is all about cabinet lighting. And boy, we've seen some really, really innovative new ways to light closets and cabinets that are catching on like wildfire. We are hardly installing 
cabinets anymore that don't have some kind of lighting accessory. One of them that homeowners seem to really enjoy in the bathrooms and the kitchens are toe kick lighting that are motion activated. So as you would get up in the evening, in the middle of the night, to go get a glass of water or to use the restroom, the lighting comes on without creating a glare bomb to wake you up. You're given just enough light to see the floor, make your way to the faucet, make your way to the bathroom, and that has become extremely popular. And anymore, when you have a closet, we are putting LED tape on the inside of the casing of the door, and we make the light door activated. As soon as you open the door, an entire ribbon of light comes on, lighting the entire closet from bottom to top with an even wash of light, as opposed to that one silly little 40-watt incandescent bulb up above Aunt Martha's hat rack box that you've been keeping on the top shelf for the last 30 years. And it creates a shadow. You can't see what's even on the second shelf. So this LED tape lighting inside a closet has become hugely popular. Open the door, boom, the entire closet is completely lit up. Is that a DIY project? It can be. It requires a permit because you probably don't have any electrical circuits inside that closet. And we have to be able to plug in a transformer that then feeds the LED tape light. So it can be. um, But again, uh, anytime we're dealing with 110, 120 volt lines, we generally encourage homeowners at least have the electrician pull the permit and put the receptacle in the closet. And then from that point, it could be do-it-yourself for plugging in the transformer, mounting the tape, and mounting the door-activated switch. That's all pretty easy stuff to do. Are there typically enough outlets in the kitchen? No, uh, not unless your home was built in the last 10 years. Uh, We have greatly enhanced the number of backsplash outlets for all the appliances and the charging devices that we have in our homes and our lifestyles now. But no, typically, if you're going to light uh, the upper cabinet to wash the countertop, uh, generally, we've got to add receptacles for that as well. But that under-counter lighting, that under-cabinet lighting that lights your counter and your backsplash, we've been doing that for years. It's still one of the most often asked things for the kitchen remodels. I would really like when we update the cabinets to get that cabinet lighting. It just makes the task lighting and the ambiance is just so nice. Now, just like that closet door that activates an on-off switch, many, many cabinets we're installing right now do exactly the same thing. As you open the doors, the light comes on. And again, it's a LED tape light attached to the back of the face frame. So you don't see any little glare bombs or or bright spots. All you see is the interior of your cabinets washed completely and evenly with a great amount of light. And it's one of those things that you think, well, I don't need that. I've got this recessed can right up here above that cabinet. But as soon as you have it and you get accustomed to having it, it's one of those things people don't want to live without. Well, it's kind of like when you open your refrigerator, you take that light for granted, but if it's out, you're like, 
kind of dig inside in the, yeah. inside the fridge. Is yes, that dark right. Look. Hey, so what happens when they burn out, or do they? What happens? Uh, if you are installing these LED tapes and you're buying the good LED tapes, that isn't anything you're ever going to have to worry about. And if you did, you would just replace the whole tape. You, you, like, you could, but I mean, it's tens yeah. of thousands of hours okay. that these can burn and illum- illuminate your area. So you, no more bulb replacement. And it's the most energy efficient light you can buy. It's a win-win-win all the way around. Lighting cabinets, we've got an article about it on our website. Uh, hashtag cabinet lighting goes through a lot of the details we've just covered. I'd like to order some, please. <laughs> hey, should we take a commercial real quick before this escalates? Gary, do something. <laughs> You're talking about an article or a story you heard about the average home price in Phoenix around three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, it was like three forty. I think was the actual number they stated in the article. And unfortunately, there's probably not going to be any end in that in sight. Uh, a lot of these prices aren't super inflated like they were in '08 when uh, things were going crazy. You could buy and flip a home, do very little to it, and get. You know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars more in just a few months because the demand for those homes are fueled by people coming to Arizona. Phoenix is the fastest growing city, uh, but we did get—I <laughs> know—we did get a little bit of good news. The mansion section uh, informs us that Vegas may be taking a little bit of that traffic away. Oh, really? From Arizona and highlighted cases of Californians. Moving to Las Vegas, giving real-time example, one homeowner, the monthly mortgage payment was half of what he was paying to rent in L.A. Buy a house in Las Vegas, put your name on the deed, pay the bank the mortgage, you've got something, and that was half what he was paying for a, to rent and just An throw, apartment. throw money away. An apartment. Wow. Right now, uh, on Zillow, Las Vegas is the most viewed major metropolitan city. Oh, really? So we could hopefully be seeing a shift in migrants going uh, <laughs> to a, a different location. Another example, uh, a family is in a $2,300 a month mortgage, which is, again, half of what he was paying for a 1,200-square-foot, two-bedroom apartment uh, outside of Oakland. So it's not like, you know, these prices, it might be pricing locals out of the market, but the number of non-locals coming in. And the funny thing, every one of these homeowners, uh, and I'm going to use this last one from a guy out of uh, San Francisco, had moved over to Vegas, and his main reason, aside from the cost savings, was the f- safe, family-friendly environment of Vegas. What? As compared to Oakland. San Francisco. <laughs> well, what's... What, that what? would be everything but a strip, okay. I guess. i got to well, digest that you, for you a You got to realize the, yeah. the idiocracy of what's evolved here. When Las Vegas is more safe than San Francisco, a city built by mobsters. <laughs> it's now safer 
It's 20 <laughs> years Golden away, Gate but you know what's uh, 20 years away, you know, you realize Interstate 11 is going to connect Vegas to <laughs> Phoenix. And that could be something in the future where you're going to see a lot more migration back and forth. So, yeah, yeah, they're all coming to the Southwest. So we're here for them uh, like we've been here for you for the last 32 years. We're here to help you in your quality of life and your enjoyment of living in the great state of Arizona. What's your takeaways from today's show? I, I in, the, in the outdoor living segment at 8 o'clock with John Eisenhower, my biggest takeaway is what Okatia means. Just. Which is? The little torch. A little torch? Yeah. Which is so perfect. It's so perfectly named when it's in bloom. It's that little red flaming torch on the top of the Okatia. I never knew that's what it meant. That's and my it, takeaway. And is, did we catch, is that like an Indian name? Is that a Spanish name? No, is sure, that a, I'm sure it's what, I have to look at the what, which language origin that comes okay. from. Okay, all right. The little flame. I like the idea that sustainability doesn't have to be some kind of out there concept. You know, you can bring it right home to where we are using what we have in the home that we have. It doesn't have to be expensive new products or technology and Things will evolve. We'll get more things. But right where you are right now, you can be part of that. I love that topic. I really do. Because for so long, it was kind of out of the mainstream. And it was hard to ask people to consider investing in some of the green, sustainable technologies that led that industry niche. Because uh, quite frankly, at first, a lot of the a lot of the products and the technologies were uh, young, expensive, untested, and expensive. But boy, we've sure matured in that particular niche in the industry for sure. Well, and listening to the KBiz gurus talk about sustainability, it really is down home kind of stuff. It's just paying attention, being observant, and if you're building a house or adding a room, you know. Just as simple as orientation to the sun, where the wind is going to go, what kind of insulation, and thinking all those things ahead of time. What we didn't talk about in sustainability is if you're interested in the topic, don't start by investing in anything other than a whole house energy audit first. That's, that's, that's the smartest money you can buy. And it's so cheap, $99 for your whole house. I even tell people, don't hesitate to get a second one for 99 bucks. Have two expert teams diagnose your home. One may have missed something slight. One may have found something the other didn't for 99 bucks. Before you start throwing money away, whole house energy audits are the most sustainable practice. The first step you should take. If you've got a question about home ownership or home maintenance or home remodeling, join us next Saturday, 8 to 11, right here, or find us at rosieonthehouse.com.